0: You spook easily, Starling? Not yet, sir. He's past the others. The last cell. I'll be watching. You'll do fine. A killer is on the loose. Keeps them alive for three days. Then he shoots them, skins them, and dumps them. A rookie FBI agent is on his trail. He's got real physical strength,
1: cautious, precise, and he's never impulsive. He'll never stop. But in order to track him down, she'll have to match wits. I'll help you catch him, Clarice. Believe me, you don't want Hannibal Lecter inside
0: your head. With the darkest of all minds. Just do your job, and never forget what he is. But he's a monster, pure psychopath, so rare to capture one alive. So close to the way you're gonna catch him, do you realize that? Oh, Clarice, your problem is you need to get more fun out of life. You told me you don't spook easily. You call
1: this easy, sir? Ah!
0: Left missing hand arm.
1: Man, it's a raving maniac. Who knows what he'll do? Thank you, Clary.
0: That's a rather slippery one of you, Agent Starling. Recovering, uh... Silence of the Lambs. This is Let's Watch It Again. Koo's here. Rob's here. Uh, haiku. Hello. I, I was talking about the poetry, not, not you. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> haiku. Okay. Uh, yeah, I should have gotten that. I
0: missed it. Big Daddy pun here. Um, so, yeah, thanks for joining me on this again. These are always the better ones.
1: Oh well, thanks for having me. I don't want to insult your other podcast guests, but... They're dog shit. Oh, wow. I didn't say that. That wasn't me. <laughs>
0: hey, D, Hey, Torn. Hey, Rudy. Greg. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be like, what? <laughs> I don't know if you should listen to this one. <laughs> uh, so, let's see. Um, so, so, we're doing Silence of the Lambs. The movie came out in 1991. Uh, this is a Valentine's Day movie, to be exact. How sweet. Romantic. And uh, it came out around the time as uh, Sleeping with the Enemy.
1: Another very sweet and romantic story.
0: <laughs> this is directed by Jonathan Demme, uh, and I'm going to give you the quick synopsis. And this is like basically me taking from like I think Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb.com, and you tell me if this properly covers it.
1: Those are both reputable sources, kind sure. of sometimes. A I'm young
0: ready. FBI agent cadet must receive help from an incarcerated and manipulative cannibal killer to catch. Another serial killer. A madman who skins his victims. Silence of the Lambs.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty, much, pretty much it. There's a lot of other things that goes on, not to mention the manipulation of a lot of other men in the movie.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> so the, the film uh, stars Jodie Foster, Anthony Hopkins, Ted Levine, who we'll talk about him a little bit. And Scott Glenn. Yes. And a uh, big shout out to Frankie Vazan as well. Who is he again? Uh, he was Barney. He was the orderly oh, that was in. Oh, I
1: love Barney. He's
0: outside of um, Anthony Hopkins, he was the only person in multiple movies.
1: He also is one of the few decent other characters besides Clarice in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Everyone
0: else is dog shit. Everyone else is terrible. Yeah. I mean, also we'll, we'll talk about it. But I don't want to leave with it. Uh, so, Silence of the Lambs was released in 1991, um, February 14th, 1991. It grossed almost 14 million dollars with a budget of. Um, it opened to 14 with a budget of 19 million. Um, how much do you? How much do you think it made in its run? Because this was a big movie.
1: You know, I'm terrible at this. I never know this.
0: Was it a, a below or above 300 million?
1: Hmm. Um.
0: I'm going to say above. It was just on. Un- it was 272. That was a trick question. Now, this is what it would be in today's numbers. I'm ready. 2021, that would be 520 million.
1: It was a huge movie and I saw it in the theater twice.
0: See? Uh, so 14 million in his opening weekend um, and it opened on President's Day weekend. So it was a four day weekend. Um, it was number one in the box office for five weeks. Um, Silence of the Land was a sleeper hit and gradually gained widespread success and critical acclaim. Uh, Foster, Hopkins, and Levine garnered much attention for their careers. Uh, review aggregator Rotten Tomatoes reports a 96 rating out of 101 film critics given the positive review. Very high. Um, in an average of 8.87 out of 10. Um, the web site's critical consensus reads, director Jonathan Demme's smart, taut thriller teeters on the edge between psychological study and all-out horror and benefits greatly from the stellar performances of Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster.
1: So I hope that at some point we're going to talk about Jonathan Demme a little bit. We can. Okay.
0: Um and you know we can we can, we'll, we'll probably talk about that when we get into the actors and basically the players here uh the acclaim on the film because again it's a it's not only a big money making movie this was a huge hit like when i took a um i took a film class in like high school and this was one of the movies that we watched it was like pretty much this, and I think like. Red Dragon and some stuff from like the 80s, it was just showing the difference between how this movie was and then how Red Dragon didn't really work mm, as well. True. From a auteur standpoint. I wish I would have been watching this in a high school film class. It was wild. Uh, I was like, huh, hmm, a lot of face biting here. Uh, the film <laughs> won five Academy Awards. Which is very rare. Can you name the Academy Awards that it won? This is your wheelhouse, by the way. Best picture. Ding, 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 ding. Best director. Ding, 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 ding. Best actor. Ding, 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 ding.
1: Best actress.
0: Ding, 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 ding.
1: That's four, right?
0: Yeah, you got one more.
1: Original screenplay?
0: Adapted screenplay.
1: Adapted, right, because the book, right,
0: yeah. Uh, making it the only, only the third film um, in history to accomplish that feat.
1: That is, I mean, that's incredible because it's also a horror movie, and I know that you and I, the horror heads, are going to talk about that.
0: Yes. Uh, The film and its characters have appeared in the following AFI Top 100 list. Again, this is more work for you. This is more stuff for you right here.
1: This is great. You've done all the work for me. I just get to sit back and go, "Mm mm-hmm, like church.
0: Uh, So I'll I'll ask you this. Where does the movie rank in the Top 100 of AFI's 100 years, 100 movies? Where does it rank at within the Top 100?
1: So you're talking about the main, the master list, not those sub lists they do? The master
0: list. They have sublists listed as well. They
1: do because they have like thriller and horror and this and that. Okay. Oh, that's the next one. Where is it on the main list? Hmm.
0: Is it in the top fifty?
1: I was gonna ask you that. <laughs> is it in the top fifty? It is not. It's not. Okay. So I'm gonna say on a list of a hundred that it's seventy two.
0: Sixty five.
1: All right, not too far.
0: Yeah. Um, where is it ranked in the top one hundred thrills? And this is like thrillers.
1: Okay. Ooh. I think it's in the top 20.
0: It's five.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, heroes and villains. Um, this, is, this is an interesting one. So they have Clarice, Hannibal Lecter, and Buffalo Bill. Uh, obviously, two of them are ranked. One is not. Right. I'll give you the numbers. Clarice Starling, Starling is ranked sixth in terms of heroes. Mm. Uh, Buff- uh, Buffalo Bill is nominated. So he's honorable mention. And Hannibal Lecter. Fellow January 20th, by the way. <laughs> uh, where is he ranked at in this villains list? List
1: of villains? Yeah. Man, who's who is the number one villain?
0: You're talking about him. He's number one. He's number one. Yeah.
1: Okay. Cause I was really like, who is more evil? And I mean, well, I don't know. Hannibal Lecter's not a villain, but that's my take. Oh hot my tape. gosh. Uh
0: so <laughs> they also made the list for movie quotes. Um this quote is uh, number one, and it's a wine reference in it. Give it to us.
1: Okay, you're, wait, What? It, where does it rank on the quotes list?
0: 21 out of the top 100. 21,
1: and it's a wine quote?
0: Uh-huh. Probably the most famous quote, quote from the movie. He mispronounced the name of the wine, though.
1: Oh, when he said, a census taker, I ate his liver with fava beans and a nice Chianti. Yeah. But he makes it sound like he's saying tea.
0: Like Chianti. Yeah. It's and like, and it's like, Boston? have you ever had
1: this? <laughs> yeah. Like Anthony Hopkins. I thought you had a bit more culture than that.
0: But you're more refined with your right. slick back hair. Pronounce wine correctly. And um, lastly, this is the top 100, 100 movies 10th anniversary. So this is like the one I said earlier was where it was originally ranked, and this is where it's like ranked most recently after about 10 years. So you know things get moved around. Right. Now this goes to where you said it. This makes the movies turned into 74. It's at 74 right now. It's
1: at 74 now. Okay. Wow. I was really. Okay. But you gave me a hint. So.
0: All right. So let's get into some trivia about the movie.
1: I'm
0: uh, ready. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I mean, I just want to get to my Mig's part. Because... He's already
1: laughing, folks. He's already <laughs> laughing. He's already laughing. <laughs>
0: So the FBI used this uh, movie as a training and to, recruitment tool for female agents.
1: I can imagine they did because they go strong. The FBI hat is like one of the first things you see in the movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, the inspiration um, for Silence of the Lambs was inspired by, real life by a real life relationship between um, University of Washington criminology professor Robert and, and profiler Robert Keppel and uh, serial killer Ted Bundy. Uh, Bundy and Keppel investigated the Green River uh, serial killings in Washington. Bundy was executed January 24th, 1989. The Red River killings uh, were finally solved in 2001 when Gary Ridgway was arrested. So this is what the basis of it is.
1: Is Keppel the author of Hunter? I believe so. Okay. I think I felt like these threads were all coming together.
0: Um, Anthony Hopkins, sir, Anthony Hopkins, uh, uh, said he saw Lecter as similar to Hal 9000 from 2001, A Space Odyssey from 1968. You can hear it in the voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Highly complex, highly intelligent, highly logical killing machine who seems to know everything going on around him.
1: In an almost supernatural fashion, yes. but I accept it.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, originally, sir, Anthony Hopkins thought this movie was a children's film because of the title. <laughs> oh, God.
1: Then he shows up, and they're like, "So here's your prison uniform. Mm-hmm. Say these
0: words." Now, this this comes this happens in the movie. Okay, and they take advantage of it. How many scenes does Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster have together?
1: I'm counting them in my head, so be patient with me, listeners. You're good. You're good. One. Oh my god. <laughs> two. Uh huh. Three. Okay, I think it's three. I'm not going to count when he calls her.
0: I think it's four.
1: Are they counting when he calls her? I think they are. Because she comes to see him the first time. Mm-hmm. She comes to see him the second time. She's got a little bit more confidence. Mm-hmm. They meet the third time in that insane makeshift jail that looks yes. better than my living
0: room. Mm-hmm. And then he calls her after he escapes. And they, they're they taking full advantage of just like... like The movie is broken down really interestingly, by the way.
1: Yeah, because the first, I wasn't using my counter, but the first, I want to say, six minutes, and I'm not as good at this as you because you do editing and that sort of thing, is one shot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's running, she comes back. They have kind of that, they sneak in that like, Uh, establishing shot, which looks like CONSEC, by the way, call back to our Scanners podcast. But they they do the establishing shot of the building, but from there on, it's all one shot of her coming in when he pulls her off the obstacle
0: course. Good observation. Um, Thomas Harris, who is the author of the book, uh, he sent all the Oscar recipients, not nominees, only recipients, a case of wine.
1: Was it a Chianti?
0: Probably. (laughs) I hope not. Uh, So... The inspiration for Sir Anthony Hopkins's voice were two people, uh, Truman Capote and Katherine Hepburn.
1: Well, that makes sense because I mean, Truman Capote has one of the most uh, distinctive <laughs> affects one could ever imagine. Yes, and then Katharine Hepburn, I could because there are these times where, and maybe that's what he's doing when he pronounces the wine. Yeah, when he's making fun of Jodie Foster, basically. not Jodie Foster, but her character's West Virginia accent. And you're kind of like, why are you talking like that? And then you get it. You're like, oh, you're You're making fun of her. You're trolling her.
0: I mean, this is like... Upon rewatching it and having that information at his bi- biological is like January 20th, I was like, yeah, you're trolling the entire movie. He trolls everyone.
1: Pretty and much everyone he comes in contact
0: with. Especially the senator. That shit was so fucking funny. Oh, my God. I was like,
1: jeez. Love your suit.
0: <laughs> That's one of my seeds, by the way. Uh, Jane Gum's dance was not included in the original draft of the screenplay. I'm sure it was Although it, it appears in a novel, though. Okay. Um, uh, it was added by the insistence of Tel Levine, uh, who thought the scene was essential in defining the character.
1: Now, people have <laughs> talked a lot about this. <laughs> a lot of talking. People have talked <laughs> a lot about um, this scene, about his character, about its meaning mm-hmm. to um, the LGBTQ community.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um,
0: and a drama that happened while when the movie came out, too.
1: What drama was that?
0: Uh, it was some like, I think it was Village Voice or what have you. And it's like, huh, how dare Jodie Foster being in this movie and she's a closeted lesbian.
1: Well, I don't remember that, which is surprising considering how much attention I used to give the Village Voice. Um,
0: or it was that or out.
1: You know, and, and I've been grappling with this because like, as I don't know, it maybe it's a blind spot. Maybe mm. it's my age. I just can't see it. I don't, I don't see how the movie did not get itself off the hook when through conversation of profiling Buffalo Bill, they established that he is not a transsexual and he is not a transvestite.
0: Because he said he thinks he's one and that's about it. He thinks this. And it's it's one of those things where now, in, in going through the profile initially, but you're right, to get this up with the hook, going through the profile initially, I think when uh, Clarice is talking to Hannibal, it's like, well, they're usually effeminate and not, you know, violin and blah, blah, blah for uh, transsexuals or what have you. I think that was kind of the, the line there. And that was kind of stereotyping a little bit. But they got themselves like, no, he's not that he thinks he's that. But he's not that is what Lecter saying.
1: And so I get the tradition, the Hollywood tradition of playing into those tropes and stereotypes of cross-dressing, being a deviant mm. um you know, being violent and kind of stitching together all these things, whether you're talking about Maniac or Dress to Kill, which stitching I love that things. movie. Um, oh,
0: cool! You're funny.
1: I love Dress to Kill, but um, so I I do understand that in context. I just feel like it's a little bit misplaced in this movie. I don't think that it is. I don't think that it's fair to lump it in with some of those more overt, like Sleepaway Camp. You mm. know what I mean? Which is just like, wow. I don't know how a movie is mm-hmm. homoerotic and homophobic and transphobic at the same time. <laughs> I,
0: I, I'm just going to play the the lane that I like to live in. Mm-hmm. I believe the reason why it's kind of gotten that treatment a lot, maybe some at the time, but much more retroactively because there's articles now because of the 30-year anniversary mm-hmm. of, hey, let's ask Jodie Foster this shit again. Uh, because the movie has the acclaim that it has. That's true. That's a right. big piece Sleepaway of
1: Sleepaway Camp didn't win... <laughs> Anything, <laughs> it, it it won like it won our award for who made this movie. It won the side eye award, happen? yeah, <laughs> the
0: Roku side eye award.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So no, I think that you're perfectly right. It's because this movie was so successful and got Academy Awards and and it stars Sir Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster, that it's it's that thing. I don't like the word elevate when people mm-hmm. use it that way to be like, well, it elevated it to make it seem like horror sucks and we need these actors to elevate it. But yeah, I think you're right. I think that's why.
0: So uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins viewed this film as his last ditch to break it out, break out in Hollywood. Um he had been acting in television since the sixties but had not reached A list status and uh nor did he attain uh what he was hoping for in the screen in his screen acting career. So, you know, once once this happened, his first Academy nomination was from this movie and then he won. Immediately it lauded him launched him into um A list status in Hollywood and as of twenty twenty he's received four more Academy Award nominations.
1: Don't ask me what they're for. I don't know what
0: they are either. Because
1: <laughs> I was like, I
0: don't Jerkis know. Aurelius. I, I don't know.
1: Jerkus Aurelius. Wow. <laughs> okay. That sounds like a real movie.
0: Dino De Laurentiis, uh, who produced Manhunter in 1986, uh, five years prior to this, uh, passed on a movie because Manhunter flopped. It flopped and then dribbled.
1: Hmm.
0: And I like Manhunter. Me too. Uh, he gave the rights to Orion. Orion coming up again.
1: Yeah, right? From the three.
0: He gave it to him for, for free, by the way. Okay, so he yeah. really gave it to them. Um, and he went on to co-produce uh, Hannibal and Red Dragon*. He's trying to wet his beak later. Well, he's like, I'm, I'm just, you know what? I like this property. I'm just going to go back to it. Uh, Clarice was the biggest influence on creating uh, the character of Dana Scully, obviously. Mm-hmm. And there is a tribute um, to this movie in the last episode of season nine when uh, Scully visits Mulder in jail and he tells her, uh, I smelled you coming, Clarice. Wow. I don't remember that happening at all. Well, no one checks after like season seven.
1: <laughs> Not a surprise.
0: Now, this is my Bill Simmonsing of it all. Okay, I'm ready. Gene Siskel. So it's the other side. Oh, boy. He was the only main screen critic to give the best, best, picture, winning, uh, best picture winner a negative review. Siskel disliked the elements of camp and gothic, uh, and gothic about the film and cited Henry a portrait of a serial killer was a more honest depiction of a psychopath.
1: It is. I mean, I I saw that movie. It it was it's it's, it's, rough. it's rough, folks. I just to tell you. I mean, be be careful with that that film. Um so yes, it is it's but I don't think that's what this movie is about. I don't yeah. think that's what it's I don't think it's trying to be a realistic representation of anything. It's certainly not because it's
0: a movie about Clarice, it's not about
1: It is about Clarice.
0: Yeah. Yes. Uh and also no, because of the scenes that they have together. I was like Uh, they didn't have they have four scenes together uh, uh, Clarice and uh, Lecter but I was like Mm. was that a like kind of one of those you did a little bit of work to get that best picture I mean a best uh, actor or like you're saying
1: you're saying on Sir Anthony Hopkins part yeah yeah and I think I mean I feel like you know how everybody thinks the gremlins is the first pg-13 movie yeah and then whenever pg-13 comes up and its origin gremlins always comes up so this part always comes up when people are like how little work do you have to do or how infrequently do you have to appear on screen to be considered for an oscar to win an oscar so i think did dame judy dench break that record of she was in the queen for like 10 seconds or something you know what
0: i think that is i think i think he's in the movie enough
1: He is, yeah. He's in the movie. And I mean, because there's that other more ethereal idea of that he he is in every scene in the movie. He hangs over the entire Mm -hmm. movie, you know, because I feel like Clarice is, you know, not to put too fine a point on it, but I feel like Lecter is her first real intellectual equal that she's Mm -hmm. ever known. I mean you see the doofuses that are at the FBI and no shade to her black friend and I want to make note that her only friend is black which is interesting but it's like you know you can imagine and I'm not trying to be stereotypical but that growing up She probably didn't meet a lot of people who were as smart as she was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she found someone, not that this is an exercise to her, intellectual exercise. She obviously has a lot of emotion about this case, you know, but it's, he's always there because she's always thinking about the things that he's trying to tell her, the clues that he's leaving her.
0: Anagrams and all of that.
1: Yeah. And how she can be a step ahead of everyone else.
0: So now, here's people who were up for the role
1: oh boy
0: I'm scared <laughs> Lecter is a lot is very crazy okay um, so Pfeiffer Laura Dern Ooh, and so Mich- Michelle Pfeiffer Laura oh, Dern oh you're
1: saying Clarice okay, yeah.
0: okay. Uh, Meg Ryan were considered for Clarice Fo- Foster did the movie as a deal to direct a picture called Little Man Tate and her mm-hmm. director will debut in that same year
1: yes for some reason I didn't know that
0: um, now here's the Lecter ones okay Sean Connery was the first choice I can't even imagine. Uh, actors, can, well, he'd have to be clean shaved, the whole thing. They would have to, the wig that, that Lecter was wearing at the end of the movie is what Sean Conner would be wearing the whole movie? I can't even imagine that. <laughs> Here's another one. And you might have to tone up, um, tune up your uh, Chris Ryan for this one. Uh, actors considered for the role also include Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, <laughs> Dustin Hoffman, Dirk Jacoby, and Daniel Day-Lewis.
1: So, this is this is one of those really hard things where someone their role is so iconic that it's very difficult to imagine another person. Um, but I, none of those people, I can't.
0: The only person close.
1: I mean, at least Robert De Niro has played a, a serial killer in some ways. I guess.
0: I, I guess at that point, what's thing came out a year later, didn't it? Uh, Cape Fear. I don't remember. Cape Fear was either 90 or 92. I mean, 91 or 92. OK. I mean, I think Daniel Day-Lewis could have done it. Yes. But Pacino is going to go over the top with I it. I can't
1: even imagine Pacino. No, I could see Pacino in a different role in this
0: movie. He could have been fucking, what's the name? Um, Jack Crawford. <laughs> yeah, because De- Dennis Farina played him. And who, OK, so who's your definitive Jack Crawford real quick? Dennis Farina played him in the second movie, I think. Scott Glenn was in the first one. I don't remember who played him in Mindhunter, and then you had Lawrence Fishburne on the TV show.
1: It's always Lawrence Fishburne for me. Appreciate you. He's just, he, there's just an energy that he brings to that role of someone who is, um, you want to believe that they care about you, and they probably do.
0: But also, he's kind of a piece of shit. But
1: also, bit. yes, and he takes, he's always going to take one too many risks.
0: Yeah, And Harvey Keitel also played him. I like him. Jack Crawford has been so many different people. Yeah, it's like, who can be Jack Crawford? And and he's black, too, so I, we got to give that up.
1: Exactly. And I also think that I think Daniel Day-Lewis and Jodie Foster would have had too much sexual energy. I'm not saying there's no sexual energy between her and That's Anthony good. Hopkins, but it's different.
0: Yeah. We're going to talk about that. So uh, uh, real quick on the mask. The mask that uh, Hopkins wore and the Iconics is the iconic symbol for the film. It was created by Ed Clubberly of Frenchton, New Jersey, um, who makes um, NHL goalkeeper masks.
1: Get out of here. Yeah. I mean, that's a look.
0: Yes. All right. So I got questions and I got some favorite scenes and we could start talking about some. We could talk about Demi a little bit. We could talk about... um, just certain characters in the movie. How do you want to do it?
1: I want to talk about Demi a little bit. Spin it. And I hope that I'm saying his last name correctly. I don't know if it's Dem or Demi, so I'm not sure. Big Daddy Demi. I didn't do my, like, Google pronunciation before this episode. Well. Um, he has a couple of connections that are, like, programmed for me. Like, someone wrote them in the stars. Okay. The first is, is that he has, he directed... Two episodes of Enlightened, a very, very underrated and wonderful and beautifully written HBO show. Laura Dern? Yes. Okay, yeah, so yeah, Laura yeah. Dern comes up again. So one of the episodes that he directed is called Sandy, which stars Robin Wright. Um, and it is one of the best 30 minutes of television ever. It's a great episode. Um, he also directed an episode of Columbo, so he directed an episode of Columbia, <laughs> of Columbo in 1978 called Murder Under Glass. Which this is so perfect for this podcast with you because it stars the the Jesus. protagonist slash antagonist is a murderous food critic. Yo, I was like, I can't believe that this is the episode that corresponds would be doing a podcast with Robert. This is perfect. I'm gonna watch that
0: episode now. Yes,
1: it's called Murder Under Glass, and he directed that episode. And then, as you know, he also famously directed Stop Making Sense, which is like one of the best rock documentaries, uh, concert films that there's ever been about talking heads.
0: He's one of your guys.
1: Yes, he's one of my guys. So he's done other great stuff, Philadelphia. But yeah, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, this director, he just, we vibe. We have a vibe. He gets it. Yeah, he gets it.
0: He's up there in his. Uh, he looks Jurassic, and he's a New Yorker. So he
1: looks Jurassic. I'm just, you, said. you know, it's. You, you know. know what I did? I tempted fate on the way over here.
0: He did beloved as well.
1: He did. Um, I listened to American Girl in the car on the okay. way over here. RIP Tom Petty. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like that's almost like a dare. I feel like that's almost like a. You know, you want to get abducted, don't you? You know, if you're like a girl, a woman alone in a car singing something. <laughs> something bad is going to happen after that.
0: He also directed Caged Heat. <laughs> what is it he also directed Caged Heat what is that <laughs> women the one of the women in prison movie. listen <laughs> in 1974 he was he, you gotta do what you gotta do he,
1: yes and um let's not forget how could I almost forget this he is the executive producer of Devil in a Blue Dress
0: yes he gets, he gets it that's a fire flick see we're vibing uh I got questions now
1: okay do the questions involve plot holes? I feel like there are a few. No, no, go no. no.
0: I, I, if you got plot holes, we can put them in there. But, you go first. Uh, so a question I have, I think it's further. It's not even in my questions. Let me let me go up and see what I have. Uh, so I had the question. It might be further down, I think. I think it is. Because uh, I don't want to forget her name. Was Clarice involved with Cardelia? You said they were friends. But it was a lot of... I felt Clarice was played like really like a person that was just super unsure of themselves and more than just their work. And I felt like because that was our only friend, that's the only person that was kind of nice to her.
1: It's definitely a possibility. And it's something that like, it kind of pops in your head, you know, for people who don't know that Robert and I are big uh, fans of the series Mindhunter. It kind of pops up in your head when you think about, the way that um, the character whose name is escaping me right now is also a lesbian, and you can you feel shades of Scully and Clarice mm-hmm. in her, and so you're kind of like, is that what you're playing with? But there's definitely there's definitely some. Some, um,
0: I mean, she was booking it.
1: A suggestion when it's like they're just, I don't know what they're sitting on the washing machine, yeah. they're doing laundry together, like Changed. in their socks. Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, and also, I mean, there's kind of like no man in sight, which is fine.
0: She has almost as many scenes with her as Lecter.
1: Interesting, yeah. I I would be surprised if we were kind of supposed to think something
0: because when she was running, I think it was some whatever she was. Booking she was booking. It she she drops the phone. Speed.
1: Yeah, she leaves the phone hanging, matrix style,
0: and yeah. she's like, yeah, she's booking. And she was Spellman. She had that aesthetic it was like. She what? She she had that Spellman aesthetic of like.
1: <laughs> she definitely had a, yes. She definitely had a Spellman vibe. I'll give uh, you that.
0: So let's see. Um. So later in the film, when the Goodbye Horses sequence happens, the uh, James Gum dance, mm-hmm. what the fuck was he doing? Who was this video for? Was he mailing this to someone? So I have to say that, you know,
1: when I sat down to watch this movie, I'm thinking, it's been a long time since I've watched it, mm-hmm. but it's also a movie that I know pretty well. Yeah. So is there going to be anything that pops up that's new to me? And I never really noticed the tripod, the video camera. Yeah. It just didn't register for me. I was pretty much distracted by... Just the his, ho- the horror tucking. of his den. Um, so that is a good question. I I Because here's the other thing, and this could be way off base, but I mean, his presentation, and I'm not just talking about his tucking or whatever, but his whole thing suggested a love life of some sort. Yeah. And I'm like, with who? So, I mean, but, you know, and it's kind of like, we, there's already the Benjamin Raspell thing came up, which... That thing is a fucking albatross for me. Ugh. I get so confused by that character every time. About like, it's like, wait, why is it here? He was the patient, but he was afraid. But then the other patient. But then they were referred, and somebody murders somebody else. I always get lost at that part.
0: Then he, the. So let's see. What else I have in here? So that uh, I think we already touched on it. But I was like, is Crawford a heel? Yes, he sucks. All right. Um, Chilton stinks. That's just a, a fucking expression of life.
1: Don't you love the tight shot of his head that makes him look like a vampire? He's his a forehead looks has. enormous. And yes. The way that his energy shifts after she declines his whack invitation yeah. to see a great town—Baltimore is a great town, by the way—but I don't want to see it with Doctor Chilton.
0: You well, you could have told me that when I was upstairs saving to travel.
1: So you just let me walk down here to this fucking dungeon of horrors by myself? Thanks a lot.
0: One more thing about James Gum in that mm-hmm. in that sequence um, when uh, Jodie Foster gets there, when, when Clarice gets there and realizes what's going on, it's like, yeah, I'll get you that business card. When he throws the car, he's like, oh. ah,
1: it's really it's funny. so funny. It's really really funny I love when people do things like that because it doesn't I doubt that anyone wrote that and it's just weird and it makes you uncomfortable but you're not sure why and then yeah
0: it's it's so weird I rewinded that shit three times I was just like come on man yeah it's 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 extremely weird when he does that but it works one thing that I I hated about Chunky the uh, senator's daughter what have you When she was like, you fucking bitch, get back here.
1: Like, Actually, I love that. <laughs> it's terrible. But I feel like that's what a real person would do. You'd be so scared that you're going to live in that hole or die in there that you're mm-hmm. just like, no. What, the cavalry is here and you're fucking
0: leaving? Well, the only reason I, I'm, because I'm, 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 even the, even when I watched it as a, as a younger person, I was just like, you ain't have all that spice for Bill. People did react that way in the movie theater,
1: by the way. People, right. he, people, people in the theater were definitely just like... Oh, really? Well, you got all that now just because you managed to capture his dog, which good for you, because I don't know that I would have
0: thought of that. I wouldn't quote the dog. I, the dog just like. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, <in>, little nigga. <laughs> yeah, she fucked the dog up. Uh, so see. I got what works. This is a segment I've been trying to work in. Um, what works and what doesn't work? OK. Uh, I think and, and, and th- this is what I was suggesting. You tell me whether it works or whether it doesn't. Uh, method acting. Okay. I think it works. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just, he, as far as, uh, how Anthony, Sir Anthony Hopkins played it in this movie, I think him and Jodie Foster still have not hung out. <laughs> She's, like, fucking terrified of him still. Okay, well, maybe. And it comes through in the screen, like, how effective those scenes are for the lack, when you start thinking about it, it's like... You looked at four scenes, but what if it's like cumulatively, they had 20 minutes of screen time together in a two hour movie and probably less than 20. And that method acting got it across such in a pulpy way that it just worked.
1: It really does work. I mean, he just, he hits the right, he hits the right notes of like, you're like attracted to him. And I don't necessarily mean sexually, although obviously they play on that in the TV series uh, quite heavily, but it's like the... You just want to know more, like mm-hmm. you know the way that she is uh, leered at a lot in this movie by other FBI agents. Those dudes by, they were running like hey, yeah, look at that. you know it's exactly. Like, suck by Chilton, um, but not Barney though. Not Barney. Um, You'll and, do just fine. And she um, <laughs> she flirts with the entomologists, the yeah. bug guys, uh-huh. um, because Weirdos. I think she feels like they're kind of on her level mm-hmm. in a way. So it's like she doesn't really mind that. But she, there's constantly people watching her and looking at her and like leering at her. And while Hannibal Lecter observes her, mm-hmm. like he observes everyone, he doesn't make her feel the way that a lot of other people, especially men, in the film have made her feel. And I I think that in some ways she can't really deny that. The fact that he's approached her after he kind of gets a load of, when she got the drop on him, basically, Mm -hmm. and also figured out his little clues, he was like, this is someone that I actually find interesting. What are you laughing at?
0: I'm laughing because of some of the words you chose because of the next thing I have coming up.
1: Okay. What is it?
0: <laughs> Mix. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so around the 1830 mark, is again, I rewinded this. I was like, oh, God. Uh, it's even grosser than I remembered. I think it kind of works. It's gross. It's terrible. It's prison and all this. And even the other prisoners were like, you piece of shit. Yeah. Um, And it got... Actually, Migs is probably what had things which kind of helped the movie take off a little bit because, yeah. you know, and, and like you said, you know, loads and men and all of that. I was just like, I was just like, holy shit.
1: I mean, it kind of gets the ball rolling because he, he, he calls her back and mm-hmm. then he, you know, tells her, you know, all this stuff. And actually one of my favorite things that happens in the movie is that she goes to the parking lot and cries. Yes. Because that's what a person would actually do if something terrible like that happened. And if you didn't have any experience with visiting this very frightening place. And then something <laughs> really terrible happens.
0: And she thinks of her motivations too. Like yeah. I'm thinking of my dad mm-hmm. and, and all of this. And they do that a few times in it, they kind of abandoned it a little bit, but they mm-hmm. do it a few times. And, and maybe that was um, purposeful in that, and, and maybe I had to look at it again and looking for that specifically. But once they got past like this kind of flashback and looking at dad getting there, looking at dad's funeral and kind of those are the only two memories. Right. Um, And kind of moving from that to maybe she's coming to our own and she's she's actually matured into being an agent because she's a fucking cadet. Right. Also, she's 29, but she's a cadet. Mm hmm. At least. Well, the actress is 29. The character could be whatever.
1: Right, exactly. So yeah, there that's there's a lot of emotional buildup that they release in that moment, which
0: B- build up and release.
1: <sighs> I stumbled into that one, didn't
0: I? <laughs> Shout out to Migs's aim. And also, shout out to, oh, also it gets over um, Hannibal in the whole thing of like, I fucking don't like that. Because he already established, I don't like rudeness.
1: Oh, it's great. I mean, the, the way that they that they develop that, and then it's something that persists throughout the entire, you know, different Hannibal iterations yeah. and series of just like, I hate rudeness. And also, you know, you kind of get that, like, protective of Clary's thing, like, you fuck with the wrong person. Yeah, this is know? my person. Yeah.
0: I'm I'm fucking with this person. <laughs> that, that is me. Like, hold on. Hey, you, Greg. <laughs> you can't fuck with Greg. I fucks with Greg.
1: <laughs> Greg's uh, going to listen to this and be like, wait, what?
0: He's like, how am I a topic? Uh, it's the most mentions Greg has gotten. Uh, so Buffalo Bill James Gum. Does he work? Does he not? Defend Defend your position.
1: I think that this is one of those movies that it's it's. It's difficult to go back to because so much has happened since then. Mm-hmm. You've seen a lot more true crime, serial killers, just really in the weeds of murder and um, abducting people that um, it's you forget sort of like where the origins are. So mm-hmm. when you go back and actually look at the origins, it almost seems like a cliche, but it's really because it inspired so many more things after that. Does so he work as a character? Um, I would say yes. And he definitely helps establish this pantheon of what is this person really like? You know, when you see him as a person, he's not particularly imposing. Right. He's not the tallest or the scariest person that you've ever seen. Um, And... But the actor does do a good job of portraying that thing. And I always talk about how the first time that I ever saw it was Robert De Niro in Taxi Driver. Mm -hmm. I think it's very hard to bring that quality across on screen of someone who makes other people uncomfortable. You can't really put your finger on it, but you're just like, I just don't feel comfortable around you. So I definitely think he works as a character. He makes the whole sensational aspect of hunting humans seem real yeah. and not like you know supernatural forces you know i mean that's kind of more hannibal's bag of like sure. how he completed some sort of like uh effigy installation in about 12 minutes
0: that hold on hold on you know what when we learn stuff right <laughs> midsummer is a midsummer reference right or oh, midsummer made reference to it and it made that it also kind of makes reference to him being european which they don't talk about in it true um that was a blood angel right I think so. Where they take your lungs out and they kind of string you up. That's what happens in fucking Midsummer. And he disembowels him, right? Because that's what you do.
1: And that was the guy that I thought was decent. I know. You kind of feel it, don't you? Yeah. I also, I have to say in terms of like just the, what is a movie where I didn't mind the cops that much. I kind of like, it doesn't. You know, make them look like go. Oh, they're the greatest heroes in the world, necessarily, but I do like how scared they are. Like, like, if you actually look at the scenes when they're in that bill bu- whatever that building is, where they're holding Lecter in that crazy cage in the middle of the room. I believe it was NICU. No. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> it's, NICU headquarters. it's a bank, right? Um, with that old timey elevator. Like, they're actually really scared. They're mm-hmm. not sure what to do. They're sweating. It's like
0: I need a bus and I need vests. And yeah, guns.
1: and like I just really like that. They're not just like you know friggin action heroes like you know Charles Bronsoning their way through everything like you know they're actually terrified and they should be
0: um, I was going to say Baltimore Baltimore asylums but I think that's fine uh, <laughs> I'm going to switch it I'm going to switch it on, on the fly okay ancillary black characters do they work do they not work and I can name a couple uh, it's, it's... you got two black cops you have uh, Cardelia and you have Barney Barney is at the top of this pinnacle I think Barney is great. He's in the movie twice.
1: He's decent. He's
0: like you can hang your coat up if you need to. Yeah, you're gonna do great. Here's your pep talk. Yeah, we don't go in there though. Um, (laughs) I'll
1: be out here because yeah,
0: I'll be watching right here. Popcorn is still buttered and shit. It's the
1: only time that someone could say something as creepy as "I'll be watching," but like you actually are like
0: good. Like I hope so. I
1: hope somebody's watching. Yeah, be, you know, you know,
0: watch out for Migs, though.
1: Yeah, the ancillary black character is not great, especially when you're in Baltimore. It just feels like it's,
0: it's, mm-hmm. it's a little... It's the 90s. It's, it's, a, it's a bit white. It's a bit white. So that means, you no, know, if she's in Virginia, that means she's driving up there. So he's in Baltimore, but she is not. Um, uh, Clarice. Clarice. I don't know where she lives. I mean, I would imagine, like, living, like, probably in Virginia. Like, in X Files, everyone lived, like, near the Pentagon or what have you. Okay, that's fair. So, I would imagine, like, if she's there at the Pentagon or fucking wherever they train FBI agents, Mm -hmm. I would, would imagine it's probably, like, Virginia or maybe DC. Throw in another tube, like make the weird mustache chief of, or the captain of these police guys, make him a black dude. The owner of that storage space absolutely would have been a black person. The old guy was great though.
1: He was great. Cause he was, again, I'm not going in there. And then he was like, she's like, what about him? The driver? He's like, oh, he detests manual labor. That shit is so funny. She literally says, great. And then goes and gets like the jack.
0: Could have just got like my dad and just said, look, we need you to do this. Put your patty cap on. You're now being. He
1: wasn't doing shit. He's like, I'm not going under there. Nobody's opened this thing in 10 years.
0: So. um, So essentially, no, this is this is a question. Was Clarice's role one of the worst internships you could possibly have?
1: It's the worst and the best. The the, The worst part about it is that it seems unpaid. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah. she risked
0: yeah, her life <laughs> yeah. several
1: times um she in her hair right um which did not have its its moment until something about mary really but um Jesus. it yeah i mean it's both it's both the best and the worst you could tell by the way again everyone leering at her that there aren't a lot of women in behavioral sciences so that was you know and and Hannibal read her immediately because mm-hmm. he was like, oh, "I'm going to give you what you want most," and she was like, "What's that?" He's like, "Advancement, obviously," because he's putting the pieces together. If your country ass, West Virginia ass, oh, came in here shit. with your good bag and your cheap shoes, then you must really want to move up on the totem pole somehow. I mean,
0: the thing that he said earlier was like, "Oh, you were doing so well," and you just you were you, you took politeness, you gave politeness, and kind of just went with that. Just these questions. Yeah, I was like,
1: "Fuck!" Was when like, he was just like,
0: it, "It won't do."
1: Yeah, <laughs> it won't do.
0: Um, let's see. Uh, has night vision ever been scarier? No. I threw this in there specifically for you.
1: It is absolutely, it it was so terrifying. Also, I had forgotten that he used the glasses earlier when he abducts Catherine. Yeah. And I was like, you fucker. That scene, It it's so painful to me because it's like, even watching it again and knowing that Catherine lives, it's like, she sees her cat, and then the cat is there waiting for her. Yeah. And she has the groceries that people still always carry, paper grocery bags, even though no one actually uses that. And like, you know, she's trying to help this dude. And the whole time, of course, you're just like, because again, I saw the movie theater twice. So, you know, people are like, no, bitch, don't get in there. <laughs> ha, ha. Don't help him. But it's like, but a lot of people would, though. Yeah. You think about the area of town that she lives in.
0: Get even in with Tennessee or something? or
1: It's not particularly dangerous, not necessarily, you know, and he looks again, what does a serial killer look like? He doesn't, he's already presenting himself Ted Bundy style of, you know, being physically weak mm-hmm. you know so
0: what did serial killers drive vans vans
1: <laughs> yeah and it also really hurts me when he punches her because the the <laughs> level of shot of violence is just shocking that he gets to like yes. in five seconds I was like fuck yeah it's just it's it's so hurtful to watch him do that
0: uh and I was like because I remember when I first watched it, I was like my man just going straight to the fat bag I was like fucking hell
1: oh god oh when he cuts open yeah, yeah. you don't really know what he's That's doing true. at first and
0: yeah Ugh Cause, god because were we at the point when they found the the body because we were kind of still a little sparse on details I was like in the van you're about to do what
1: no you don't you're not sure you might you think something terrible is going to happen when those scissors come out so I I think yeah I don't remember the order correctly if we've already seen them do the autopsy on on Frederica Bimmel yet yeah, yeah. but it's still you definitely think something really bad is going to happen in the van
0: So I have one more uh, question, and then I got some scenes, and so, question. question. Mm -hmm. Uh, And again, I think you touched on this. Um, Has there been a bigger contribution to the serial killer slash FBI genre, because I think that those are a genre together, uh, than this movie?
1: No, I don't think so. I think this movie starts everything. Like, what we, you know, now when you watch a true crime show, or whether it's actually based on a true story or not, like mm-hmm. there are just things that people know. And that I think that's one of the things that was so enjoyable while watching Mindhunter is to remember that there was a time when that didn't exist. Sure. There was no profiling. There was no like, let's consider the person's childhood because they actually talk about Buffalo Bill's childhood briefly. Hannibal mm-hmm. Lecter mentions it. Um, and so this, I feel like starts all of that. It's, it was really an introduction to a world that, people didn't really know about, I don't think.
0: I, I agree. Uh, so let's see. Can I just ask a question about,
1: so do you feel like something is missing In when, terms of- when the FBI... The FBI agents, the SWAT team, mm-hmm. end up at the wrong house and Jack is like Clarice. That's a hole. How what does he know? Is that? How, how does, does he, he, know? he know? How does he know what she's doing?
0: Kinda how does she know? I, I that the the ending is not as neat as I would like it.
1: I th- she stumbles she she gets the address of the woman that I assume is the corpse in the bathtub. Mm-hmm from
0: this chick I the remember friend that. Yeah.
1: as being like she sewed
0: yeah and but loose.
1: then the son and i think i was actually wrong again the things that you find out when you watch a film again i always assumed that he was her son but like he's just i think in the book or something mm. he's just like he does murder her whoever this woman is in the bathtub we assume and takes over her house mm-hmm. but which is also weird like she doesn't have any relatives I don't understand
0: yeah some of some of that stuff doesn't nobody came by to work as well see
1: what was up <laughs> with this woman that disappeared
0: mm, that's true because the the FBI getting there and they do that whole fake me out there at the wrong house and other ancillary black guy hey man ain't the right place <laughs> I, I think that's paraphrasing. They covered the door with the fake flowers, but it's a gun. Yeah, I was just like, I... And I, he kind of left her out. So another reason to say, fuck you, Crawford.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Right? Because he did do that. He did the thing where he was like, I couldn't have caught him without you. Mm-hmm. But now, let the big boys, let the adults carry this on, make sure we step in at the right moment and seal the deal. Meanwhile, she's there with the actual murderer. Yeah,
0: because I mean, I, one would think like, well, you're already in route there, but you could have just waited and said like, yo, get your ass here as soon as possible, Star- Starling. we got Starling, we got to fucking get this guy. Where are you at? ETA, get over here. Now, granted, she said she was 400 miles away. But yeah. you could have waited because you had the element of surprise. So you're just white guying it up.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I don't know what the Again, because she's she's not, you know, just like how, again, Lecter trolling was just like, mm, yeah, you're not real FBI. You're a cadet. That, when that, he, when that he, expires he, at the end of the week. Exactly. He was just like, are you graduating or so? She wasn't even Final a exam. real agent. <laughs> so I don't know what the protocol is for. I just want to do some digging.
0: That's a capstone class. and <laughs> when, FBI capstone. When when she's talking to the other officers now, yeah, hey, we're going to take this over now. Y'all, y'all get now. Thanks. I uh, appreciate it. Which is what Crawford should have done. But it was really funny though. I do
1: like the way that she says it. We're going to take care of her. You go on now.
0: Go on. And they kind of half ignored it, which was so funny to me. Yeah. She
1: turned into coal miners daughter right
0: there. I was like, all right, West Virginia.
1: Yeah, exactly. Go on now. Get.
0: Now, even before I even get into, because I, I have like four scenes that I think are great scenes. All that, right. Um, that of favorite scenes, but um, real quick. Who would you recast in this movie? If you, Mm. you could say nobody, but who would you recast?
1: That's a good question. Who would I recast? Well, hmm. I do, I would say that I actually prefer the Hannibal series, Dr. Chilton. Really? Yes. Okay. There's something about him that is like, he kind of reminds me of um, Saul from Better Call Saul. Yeah, 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 Like there's something about him that's like kind of funny, but also like if he died, like who's going to miss him? That's fair. You know, so yeah. I, I kind of, pr- I prefer his Chilton.
0: That's a good Chilton. That's a good Chilton. I, I don't, I don't have anybody I would recast, but that would be the closest person that I would recast. I'd put it probably a different Chilton in there. Uh, yeah, because even the scene with the, um, which is one of my scenes, actually, the scene with the senator, I was like, why are you here? Get the fuck out of here. But he, he does play being a piece of shit really well.
1: He does. And, you know, let's not de-emphasize the fact that, yes, you know, of course I was kind of kidding about Hannibal not being a villain. Not really. But, um, you know, he's torturing them. Mm -hmm. You know, like, he's, he's torturing the the patients slash inmates with his you know religious programs and all of his other crappy things that he does. It's probably cold down there, too. It is. It looks freezing.
0: Okay. So um, I have four scenes. Okay, I'm ready. They're not in any particular order. Okay. So I have the rubs the lotion on his skin, that whole thing. It rubs the lotion on its skin. It does this whenever it's told. (laughs) Mister, my family will pay cash. Whatever ransom you're asking for, they'll pay it. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again.
1: So my college boyfriend, Maddie, used to do a really good imitation of this whole scene. But Mm -hmm. then there's a part of me that was just like, do you like that scene too much?
0: I don't know. That's fair. And that scene leads into... Yeah, because he's just, you see his process, you get all of it over. Um,
1: oh, did you notice how he actually starts to feel a little guilty uh, when she's crying? Yeah. She's like crying and she's like, I want to see my mommy. He kind of yeah. looks away. Didn't see that the first time. That's why he yells at her yeah. because he's starting to actually feel some emotion.
0: Yeah. And, and that's the thing that uh, um, was touched on with the senator making that plea. Right. It was like, yeah, make humanizer.
1: Right. Yeah. Never noticed that.
0: Uh, let's see. Another scene that's in here. Obviously, love your suit. That's all I can remember, Ma. But if I think of any more, I will
1: let you know. Oh, and Senator, just
0: one more thing.
1: Love your suit.
0: Love your suit. Because it's just like, he's like, yeah, you know, something about, uh, what do do you say? Um, When some amputees, they still feel certain things or have you once it's removed. What part of you will tingle when your daughter's dead? Uh,
1: It was just. Piece of
0: shit. Man. (laughs) This is the image. This is his smug (laughs) cocksucker. His hair Mm. is really wild. Uh, hmm. I've (laughs) won again, I see. I
1: mean, he did a lot of teasing of his hair for this event. When he was like, yeah, I've made some
0: uh, arrangements. for myself to be beneficial. Well, too bad you didn't make arrangements for your fucking pen. <laughs> no. Because uh, we don't see what happens to him at the end. Dr. Chilton? Yeah. Uh,
1: no. We we are to assume that he became a very uh,
0: very luxurious dinner. Uh, we had a lot of, like, where was he at? Jamaica?
1: I couldn't tell. It, w- it was definitely someplace tropical where he was going on vacation. And there
0: was a lot of black people. There were. More black people than Baltimore. Uh, Correct. So, I don't know, his wig did not, go well
1: that was hilarious was you mean what wig. what uh um, what Hannibal <laughs> Lecter was, was wearing I
0: like the fuck is that on your head <laughs> I thought that was in a later movie because I was like I remember this wig being it's bad pretty funny
1: it actually kind of reminds me of like the disguise from seven
0: yes yeah mm-hmm. uh the next one I have is Lecter escaping from the oh aforementioned that whole thing that whole sequence is fire son of a bitch demanded a second dinner lamb chops extra rare what he wants for breakfast.
1: Some damn thing from
0: the zoo. It's great. And you because you don't really you hear about when he murdered Miggs or what have you, and you got the intimation that, oh yeah, you know, he you ate these people, but oh, oh, this is what he does.
1: This is how this is how we know that we are terrible as human beings, and most people who saw this movie, because there's something satisfying about it. It's mm. kind of like when um when Hugh Jackman talks about the first time he really gets to be Wolverine, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I think is that scene in the kitchen. And yeah. he's just like, ah! you know, yeah, he's like, finally, I get to be like, ah, the claws. And it's like, you know, it's it's that kind of thing of like actually watching him do something violent. It's it's kind of disturbing that you kind of look
0: forward to it. All right. Now, this is my last favorite scene. OK, this is a long scene, though.
1: OK, what scene is that?
0: Uh, it's the first scene with, when they meet uh, Clarice and Hannibal meeting. Uh, uh, uh. I bit my wrist so I could die. <laughs> Look at the blood! Gotcha! Mate! You stupid fuck! Hey, Starling! Come back! Hey Jones Agent Hey, Starling! Agent not have
1: had that happen to you discourtesy is unspeakably ugly to me then
0: do this test for me
1: no but i will make you happy i'll give you a chance for what you love most and what is
0: that
1: advancement of course listen carefully look deep within yourself clary starling go seek out miss Moffat, an old patient of mine m-o-f-e-t go now i don't think mix could manage again quite so soon even though he
0: is crazy go now Okay, because mm-hmm. um, you get the you get the iconic line in it. You get Migs in it. You get uh, Frankie Vizan doing all of his shit. <laughs> doing all of his shit. Back uh, on his bullshit. Yeah, and um, you you kind of you you get dipped, and you and obviously you get a scene with them together. Um, You could easily throw in there the goodbye horses scene, which might be in there. Mm -hmm. But that also might be the intro, the outro song, too. Yes. Uh, But yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me. Um, And they're big chunks. So like the um, the first meeting with Clarice and Hannibal is like eight minutes. It's a long scene and they have a lot that they have to accomplish in that one scene. And I think they do it in the most effective way possible. Yes. It's like you get him over, you get him kind of passively rejecting her and then you get, you know, shots to the face and then you get him saying like well, fuck that come back here and he's just kind of like he yells at her
1: he does yeah and when he's like shot and I don't know how I mean it's like really interesting delivery mm-hmm. that he does at that part that he establishes for that character when he's like um he's like shouting directions that she yeah. like has to remember all these things and put together yeah it's it's a really interesting delivery that he does
0: so that's all I had. Did you have any scenes that come to mind for you or did I get them all?
1: I mean, those are the set pieces. I mean, it's, you know, not to try to diminish the movie in in, a, in any way, but it really is a film of set pieces mm-hmm. that are put together almost like you would an action movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you kind of have these smaller, quieter scenes woven in between. But it 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 does such a great job of like what you want is to see more of him and Clarice together and you know it's like what is that you know what is so fascinating about that that you feel like you can't wait until they're back in the same room and they do such an effective job of establishing the way that Hannibal thinks even though you actually see very little of him speaking is that by the end of the film when she says He's not going to come looking for
0: me. Mm-hmm. He would consider that rude. Also, you believe her. post-shower. Yeah. Drying off hair. Mm-hmm. Cardelia's there.
1: Yeah. You're like, what happened here? And scene number three. I feel like you notice a lot more of this than I did.
0: Yeah. It's, it's odd. It's, it's odd that it, how it pops up. It's like, girl, he ain't coming after me. He don't care. So what are we doing? We going to dinner? <laughs> that was kind of the energy?
1: No. I mean, it, she has definitely a new level. I mean, her confidence grows. Yeah. Um, you know. You know who I am. I'm researching shit. It, well, <laughs> I'm running this department it's like you just graduated yesterday Yeah, I'm CS baby wow so I do I I don't so I love those scenes the
0: scenes
1: scenes that you picked are the best scenes in the film I would just say that my favorite quid pro quo is good too quid pro quo is good because that's how people actually relate to each other so now you tell because when someone isn't um when you're always sharing something with a person and they're not sharing anything personal with you, you don't trust them.
0: I think we both were friends with somebody like that. Well,
1: (laughs) mayhaps. But I would have to say, like, my favorite thing about the movie, really, it's not so much any one scene. It's sort of like when he says to her, brave Clarice, it's like, you know, she really is very brave and Mm -hmm. not in a way that's like, Seems like a superhero or supernatural. Like she's really scared at many, t- including when she shoots him at the end. Like yeah. she's terrified. She does a bunch of physical things that don't make sense. Like she empties the gun and like does all these other things. But like there is something about it at the end.
0: It's like she was at the shooting range, actually. Yeah. Right.
1: You don't feel. Yeah, it's a good observation. You don't feel like um, depressed or like scared at the end of the movie at least I didn't it's kind of weird like I actually felt like you know I feel better thinking that like Clarice is out there in the world somewhere like you know protecting me from whoever and facing down you know night vision goggles and you know doing her research and you know questioning people like there's there's something about that that I don't know it's like oddly comforting
0: but we're we're not watching the series though
1: Well, it's, well, wait, it's, it's, it's almost, it's what, um, it's what Hannibal Lecter says when he's like, the world is more interesting with you in it. That's very true. That's, you know, that's kind of how you feel. You're just like, I hope that, you know, whoever Clarice is right now, I hope that she is out there, you know, facing things that I can't face and that I don't even want to know
0: about are out there. Let me, let me piggyback on that last line though. We are watching Clarice, by the way. No. Yes. Uh, Extend that same courtesy to me. No, she can't do that. No, no, no. No, that means bring back goddamn Hannibal. Well, yes. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Netflix.
1: Well, that's, see, that's the Batman and Joker of it, where he's just like, you know, it'd be great if you would extend me the same courtesy or whatever he says. And she's like, you know, I can't promise that. Well. Yeah, because it's like, I'm still me, though. And I wouldn't be me if I just let you go off doing what you're doing without trying to catch you. Have those lambs stopped crying yet? (laughs) 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 Like,
0: fuck. (laughs) (laughs) that's like that's a bitchery thing to say
1: brave Clarice you let me know when those lambs stop screaming won't you
0: (laughs) (laughs) fucking heal so that's pretty much all I had did you have any final thoughts or anything you wanted to get over before we wrap up this uh, delicious podcast one more thing spin it
1: what is your verdict on the FBI graduation cake
0: I don't even remember the cake.
1: So, at the when they have their little graduation ceremony, when Crawford is doing that weird dad thing where Uh, he's like, Yeah, I don't really like this kind of stuff, but your dad would have been proud. Oh, Um, that's shit. So, there is a cake that they cut, which I guess at that time was like the FBI seal. Uh huh. So it's okay? like yeah, yeah, yeah. the top of it looks like black lacquer and then it has like a big, whatever the eagle is in the middle or whatever. Yeah. And then they cut into it. So what's, what's your verdict on that cake? Do you think it tastes good or probably, is it probably dry? Okay. Dry. I, I'm going to say dry, yeah.
0: um, stiff, uh, mm, buttercream. Yeah. Probably buttercream. And I feel like stenciling was used. Okay. You know what I mean? Like when they had the little spray and it's like edible spray. <laughs> it's like, you. this is art more than food.
1: I agree. Beautiful to look at. I don't think it tasted good. And the size of the first piece they cut is like insane. Hey,
0: it's like it's a wedding cake. It's like, what the yeah. fuck is this? What is
1: this? I'm marrying the FBI.
0: Did Cordelia make this? Look, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that you actually remember her name.
0: Really? Because I, I wrote that shit. down. I was like, hold on. What is her black Cordelia. name? Cordelia. Because I was like, what is her black name? She's going to have some ridiculous black name. <laughs> Oh boy! I was like, "Did Bessie do this?" I'm
1: gonna have to do. I'm gonna have to do this more rabbit hole research. How did I miss the other, you know, LGBTQ element of like their secret relationship in the movies? that I'm like, lover. "Oh my god!"
0: <laughs> On that note, it's the FBI. No, yeah, <laughs> the remix. So that's what we got: cats and kittens, boys and girls, uh, killers and FBI agents. Uh, for Coup, thank you for coming.
1: Thanks for having me. Always a good time.
0: Uh, this was uh, let's watch it again. I'm Rob Lee, and uh, check us out um, next time for another episode of movie review.
1: Yeah, I don't think I'm on it. Bye, girl. Face out.